from Mount Vernon Studios. This is the Made in MV podcast, where we talk about how we are designing a better world right here, right now, through inquiry, innovation, and impact. I'm your host, Michelle Cook. Today, I'm excited to welcome two members of Mount Vernon's academic resource team to the podcast. Samantha Flowers, Director of Academic Resource Services, and Alex Jane, Lower School Academic Resource Coordinator and our Grade 5 Learning Coach. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. We're excited to be here. So we tell a lot of stories about inquiry, innovation, and impact um, on the podcast. Uh, Our last podcast, we were joined by two students, um, members of the Innovation Diploma Leadership Team. But I'm really excited to hear your stories today and to share stories of our learning coaches. Um, So before we get into that, I'd love to start by hearing a little bit of your stories. Can you share your professional background, how long you've been at Mount Vernon, and a little bit about yourselves? Sure. So um, I'm Samantha Flowers, and this is actually my 14th year at Mount Vernon. Um, So before coming to Mount Vernon, I was a special education teacher in public school um, and then made that transition when my children were young to Mount Vernon and um, was able to transition as a learning specialist. So when I came to Mount Vernon, I was the only learning specialist for our entire campus. Wow. And so thinking that we're here today and we're talking about our learning coach model and how we've grown our resources, really exciting to me. Uh, so I'm also a Mount Vernon parent. I have a, um, a son who's a junior at Mount Vernon and a ninth grade son also who have been here since preschool and kindergarten. Um, so that tells a little bit about my experience here over the years. Um, I am in my eighth year at Mount Vernon. I actually started my career at Mount Vernon after graduating from University of Georgia, um, taught third and fourth grade here, had the pleasure of teaching Samantha's son, who's now now the junior. Um, I went back to school to get my degree to become a learning specialist. And so my husband and I decided to move to Denver for three years just for a little adventure um, and was a learning specialist out there, just fell in love with the world of academic resources. And when we decided to move back to Atlanta and start a family, we just, I knew I had to come back to Melbourne and there was just really no other place to be for me. So came back um, into the learning coach role and have been supporting our learning coach team in the lower school for the past three years. Fantastic. So 14 years and eight years, you have seen a lot um, in that time. I'm sure a lot of growth and a lot of change at the school. Maybe just to level set, uh, let's start with a basic question to give our our audience, uh, we've got a diverse audience, um, just a a basic understanding. What is a learning coach? I guess I'll make it a two-part question. What is a learning coach? And how is the role of the learning coach at Mount Vernon different from other K through 12 organizations? Yes. So I really think of our learning coaches as exemplar teachers. So we are fortunate enough to have one learning coach in preschool. We have six in lower school, three in middle school, and three in upper school. And so although their role is a little different in every division, 
um, they really are just a resource to the entire team of teachers. So they are supporting our teachers. They are supporting our families. They are supporting our um, our students. You know, one thing that I think is um, they, they do have teaching experience. So they were um, very strong teachers that have just transitioned to a different role. They have um, advanced professional learning and training backgrounds, especially in our lower school. We have a heavy focus on multisensory reading instruction. So our learning coaches are definitely resources to our community in that area. Uh, but they really are a resource that is available to support all of our students. And I think that's a big shift from what you might see in other models. So where we, um, you know, our support is provided based on data and what we feel that our students need. Um, there's not a criteria to um, that you must meet to receive support from a learning coach, which is is different than other models because they really are a resource that should be supporting any student in the grade level. So Alex, did you want to share a little bit about just the lower school model and, and what yeah. learning coaches can do? I, can I interrupt for one yeah. second? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really uh, impactful statement. I don't think I, I, I realized. Yes. So, so one of the things that is different from our model is these, our learning coaches are available to, to anyone. You don't have to necessarily, and I'm using air quotes, um, <laughs> qualify. Right, right. Those resources are available to all students. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yeah, and I can speak to the lower campus model in that regard. Um, Our learning coaches use our assessment data. They use classroom observations. They use conversations with our teachers to really determine what is the overall need for small group support or enrichment and who are the students that need that support at that time. How long should that support last? What assessment can we use to, to measure growth in this area? When are kids ready to be kind of pushed out of those small groups? Um, And when are we ready to pull in kind of another tier of students? So I think we we do a really wonderful job of collaborating really closely with our classroom teachers to determine the right fit um, at the right time and tracking that growth along the way. And one thing that's really exciting to me is because that that model of support looks different every year because it's really student driven. Mm -hmm. So our needs in fifth grade this year might look completely different next year. And all their support is being provided through the lens of what will make the biggest impact on our student experience, Mm -hmm. which is exciting. Is it fair for me to say, as you're as you're explaining uh, the resources that are available through all the learning coaches and the and the and the system and the model that we have here, is it fair to say that we are providing more of a personalized educational experience for our students and meet them wherever they are? Yes, and I think that goes hand in hand with CBE competency based mm-hmm. education, which is really exciting because I think what we believe as far as Um, instructional practice matches what we do in academic resource. So really, we are meeting the student where they are so that we can have the greatest impact on their student performance. Yes. And I think another big piece of this puzzle is is the communication between home and school. Um, So much of what learning coaches do is make sure that parents are very informed as to exactly where their child is at that moment in time, the supports that we've found to be most successful, the progress that we've made, we share data and reports um, because we really value the partnership between home and school and we want parents to feel fully informed um, about their child and their child's growth. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking about a word you just used, partner, can you explain uh, how do learning coaches partner with class teachers and how does uh, that partnership benefit the full spectrum of learners? Well, one thing that Alex was just talking about was the student monitoring piece. So I think even just the way that you start the year with assisting teachers with assessment gathering, that lets us provide that differentiation in the classroom and through the support of a learning coach. So to me, that's a huge partnership. Mm -hmm. But really, the learning coaches are an extension to the grade level team. So they're part of all the team planning and preparation. Yeah, I think learning coaches... Um, support in a variety of ways. I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is a small group or a one-on-one type of supporter enrichment that we provide based on that data that Samantha was just talking about. Um, But then we also do a lot of the kind of behind the scenes work too of working with teachers to plan through their upcoming curriculum to help fine tune some assessment tools that they might be using in their classroom to push in some enrichment resources that might be part of a center in the room. So although my first initial thought around learning coaches is that student facing support, I think really um, sharing and celebrating some of the behind the scenes work that learning coaches do to really make sure that the the students needs are met, but also that the teachers have the resources um, that they need to most effectively teach in their rooms all day, every day. So you, you both have mentioned a word that I get excited about, the D word, data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wondering. Um, we do too. <laughs> I, I, I heard um, in other conversations that there was some exciting data uh, that emerged earlier this year about the positive impact of early interventions. And I think it was uh, a lower campus. Alex, uh, can you share um, some, some more on, on that data and... and and tell us a little bit more about the positive impacts. Yeah. Um, so like Samantha mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the year, we really help um, with the assessment protocol that happens in classrooms to ensure we know exactly where our students are coming in at the beginning of the year, where those strengths are and where those potential gaps are that we might help fill. Um, and so earlier this year, we noticed in on lower campus that there were some gaps around reading comprehension. Our students were able to really fluently and accurately read But then doing some of that beyond the text, digging into the text was a little bit more challenging for them. And so we started to figure out who exactly those students were, how we could pull them into a group, how we could provide some more explicit instruction around this area of reading comprehension. Um, And we ran some small groups for about seven to eight weeks where we um, kept parents informed along the way of progress using some data, some progress monitoring data points shared strategies at home too, to say, here's what we're really explicitly focusing on in our group. It's being carried into the classroom. Here's what you can talk about at home as well. And just after those seven to eight weeks, seeing this high success rate of kids that were ready to be almost pushed out of this group. um, I mean, over half of the kids were ready to be fully pushed out of the group. The other half were ready to hang on for about two or three more weeks. And then with that next kind of progress monitoring data point, they were ready to be pushed on too. And so it was just, you know, another confirmation that when we are able to identify these areas early and when we're able to provide really high level explicit support, Mm -hmm. our students respond beautifully to it because we have such a wonderful group of hardworking kids that have really high potential. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
we are big proponents of early of early intervention um, across the board, but especially on our lower campus. Yeah, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing uh, about some of the successes that you've seen. I think sometimes when when our audience might be thinking about learning coaches, I think we 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 don't need normally think of enrichment, and you've mentioned that a couple times. I was wondering if you could share or dive deeper into the enrichment opportunities that are provided here at Mount Vernon? Yeah, I can start with kind of what that looks like on our lower campus. Um, I think enrichment really looks different based on the age of the student. But when it comes to enrichment on our lower campus, it looks a lot like push-in and collaboration with the teacher. Um, We do a lot of co-teaching when it comes to enrichment, and I think we see this most commonly in math. We have some of our highest math learners that are ready for that next challenge, that are ready for that next step. And so we oftentimes have a co-taught math group that really enables our students to not kind of sit in that place of, I've already shown proficiency in this area. I've already shown that I've mastered these skills. Um, Having this two people in the classroom or just two people planning that enrichment group enables them to have those hands-on activities or projects or challenges or puzzles um, to go deeper into the content and skills that we're focused on. Not necessarily pushing on to the next grade level or to the next, but really looking for depth and complexity. Um, It also looks like small group pullout too. I think when it comes to literacy, we see a lot of higher level book clubs Um, that are really student interest driven, where we're approaching higher level texts that they might not be able to comprehend independently, but with the support of a learning coach and this, a collaborative group. Um, Also with writing, we do a lot of enrichment around um, writing so that students are able to start trying out some of those higher level writing strategies and, and looking at mentor pieces of writing for inspiration that they might not have been exposed to if they didn't have that kind of small group um, approach for that. Well, and I think that's another advantage of just having the learning coach attached to the team. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, although the learning coach might be providing, um, you know, instruction, direct instruction that's providing an enrichment experience, just having you attached to the team frees up teacher time to spend more time with students and differentiate. Mm -hmm. So it's just an excellent resource for our teaching teams to have. And it seems like it's so consistent to to what we've been talking about, about how uh, the learning coach and the academic resources are really meeting meeting learners where they are and, and appealing to all spectrum of learners. And I think that that goes into a, another uh, question we were talking before that um, it, it might be a common uh, misconception that a parent might feel that if their student is not working with a learning coach that they're that they're not benefiting from learning coaches. Can you can you clarify? Um, can you clarify that? Um, so as far as like the direct support, well, and I think Alex and I talked a little bit about um, just the fact where 
we're providing this this resource that's really helping the teachers be more transparent about mm-hmm. the learning process of their students. So by the learning coaches assist, assisting with that data collection piece, mm-hmm. then that's information that all parents receive. And they really have a good view of where their student stands mm-hmm. and how they're acquiring the skills that are being taught. So in some situations, they are receiving the direct support from the classroom teacher. And other right, in other um, situations, the class, the learning coach and the classroom teacher are partnering to provide instruction. And then sometimes the learning coach is just really giving, um, you know, advice and feedback to the teacher about what tools might work best mm-hmm. to support a learner. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a wide variety of how um, the learning coaches support the team. Mm-hmm. Learning coaches often join grade level planning meetings as well. So we are very in tune with the upcoming units um, in each grade level. And I think what what we do really well is help look at those units and help differentiate them, not only by what our pullout or push-in model would look like, but also what the teachers will do in their classroom. So we come with resources, ideas, tips Mm -hmm. to ensure that that personalized learning happens, whether we're there or not there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think we, like you said, we often think of learning coaches as that student-facing support, which is a lot of what we do, but there's also a lot of behind-the-scenes work and collaboration with the teachers that is another avenue for our students to receive support from learning coaches. One other question, we've talked a lot um, about lower lower campus and how, how the structure works. Does it continue in a similar way in middle and upper school? Yeah, so, so we continue to have the learning coach resource in middle school and upper school. I do think the shift of focus is a little different. So where we've talked about the learning coach model really being um, focused on foundational skills and literacies to prepare a student to be available for um, big projects and big planning. Um, in middle school, we really shift our focus to executive functioning mm-hmm. support. So, um, you know, it's it's a nice benefit for our middle school students to have because like currently our sixth grade students, every student is taking a course focused on study skills and executive functioning because we've identified that's an area that all middle school students mm-hmm. could benefit from. Mm-hmm. So that is um, a close partnership between the classroom teachers, the learning coach to really support the students in the development of those skills. Um, we do provide content support too, but as students get older, really most of the content support is provided by the classroom teacher. Yep. You know, thinking about my high school students' experience, I'm not the best person to support them with pre-calculus and <laughs> physics. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, it's really, you know, helping the students take advantage of the resources that are available. So we want we want great systems, routines, and habits, and we want them to have the confidence to reach out to support that's available to them. That makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. And just to add a little piece onto that, I think looking between divisions – for your example of executive functioning in in middle school. In fifth grade, we start previewing those skills. We Mm -hmm. start exposing them to some of the technology tools that they'll have access to in middle school. So we really like to start that, laying that foundation a little bit earlier so that when they move from division to division, they've got the same language, they've got some of the same skills, they've previewed some of the tools that they're going to be using in the next division to really ease that transition. So that's that's a that's a learning moment for me. I, I did not realize that the learning coaches helped in, in those transitions 
transitions between grade five and then middle school and then grade eight and then upper school. That's fantastic. That's great. Well, and I think another transition we support is onboarding new families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're heavily involved in welcoming new students, either through admissions tours, meeting with families, helping families get comfortable with our learning platforms. Mm-hmm. That's a big piece too. And it's a learning curve. So the learning coaches are able to assist with that. This has been so great. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. There's one thing that we do before we close a podcast. We do a visual thinking routine. I'm sure you're both very familiar with, um, but would love to hear a like, a wish, and a wonder around our learning coaches and our learning coach model. So who would like to start? Like, wish, wonder. Like, wish, wonder. Well, I think all three of mine are related to the same topic. So um, at the beginning of the year, we had the opportunity to plan and present professional learning to our faculty. Um, And we did this through a workshop model. And I think it's probably the thing I'm most proud of for the entire year because every single one of our learning coaches helped facilitate professional learning. So this was centered around dyslexia, learning differences, executive functioning skills. But I love that our faculty had the opportunity to see our learning coaches as internal experts. Mm. Um, And it also gave them an opportunity to collaborate across divisions. So I think my wish would be that we had more opportunities for that shared collaboration with our learning coach team, because I think we learned so much from each other. Mm. And it really made me think, you know, listening to feedback from some of our, our, our teachers that were in that that training that were also parents, they were like, I wish that all parents had an opportunity to hear this too. So my wonder is how can we strengthen our professional learning by adding a piece where we're also transparent with our parent community and really providing that same instruction to them. Well said. My like, wish, and wonder are not quite so beautifully connected, but I know those were really connected. I mean, well, yeah, well They're done. That was, yeah, that was well done. Um, I think my like is having been here for a while. When I when I reflect back on when I started and what academic resources looked like at that time, and when I think about where we are now, I just am so proud of how we have grown our capacity. I mean, our team is robust. Is so well trained is there our depth of knowledge is just you know I'm like Samantha was saying even just seeing other people lead professional learnings it's just I I love how our learning team has evolved um, even just in my years here Um, my wish I I tend to become rather attached to the students that I work with. And so some there are many years that I wish I could just continue on with my students. You just get so invested in their story and their growth and you get connected with their families. And then, you know, you you pass them on to the next grade level as you should, just as many teachers feel. But um, I wish sometimes that I got to just kind of carry on with them. Yeah. Um And then my wonder, you know, we've been, we work really closely with our counselors, with our deans to really ensure that we're supporting the whole child, not just the academic side of them, but the social side of them, the emotional side of them. So my wonder moving forward is how we can continue bridging that partnership of academic resources and the social emotional world to really ensure that, that we are supporting and enriching that whole child. Amazing. 
Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. I hope everyone listening is inspired. Um, so grateful for the work that you do and the partnerships that you create with our students and our teachers and make us all a little smarter and a little better at what we do. So thank you for being here and sharing your stories. Awesome. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you feel inspired. And remember, start with questions, fail up, share the well, assume the best, and always have fun.